Honey Hush is a podcast by a Southern businesswoman who knows a thing or two about using honey to attract the bees. Every week, Elizabeth will discuss up-and-coming and established leaders alike how to win influence with one simple strategy, kindness. Whether you're a successful entrepreneur or still in the dream phase, Honey Hush will teach you that the sweeter the honey, the more bees you'll attract. Community is always more fun than competition. Welcome to episode 17 in season two of Honey Hush. Today, I'm going to give you a behind the scenes sneak peek of my process of writing my book, Learning Differently, a mom's view of raising children with dyslexia and ADHD. And before you think you are not an author, so this episode clearly has nothing to offer you, please hang in tight with me for just a minute. This may be an episode for you, or it may just be one that you need to be sharing with someone else. In case anyone has missed their dose of honey lately, I promise I have a very good reason for being an episode or three behind. The beauty of having a passion project like this is that there really is no hard rule for any of this. I mean, sure, I have rules and quality standards that I enforce myself, but there is no traditional podcast boss standing over me holding me accountable to anything. I have freedom to fluidly move from project to project as the need imposes. My Enneagram coaching business has put on running shoes, and it is an incredible honor to sit with so many people who are thirsty for more of life. And then details of my book started to get really real, really fast. Those two things, starting a new business from scratch and then wrapping up writing a book, took about all the time I had outside of my marketing job and family responsibilities. (laughs) Y'all, you know how it goes. I mean, I know I do not have to give anybody any of order, you know, explanations, but I feel like sharing that part will hopefully show you that no one has it all together all the time. Not even highly efficient Enneagram 8 type people like me. And know that nothing horrible is going to happen if you take a pause for a minute. Installing boundaries before the stuff hits the fan can really be the best strategy. And that's what I needed to do before I could really be effective in launching EBC Consulting and wrapping up finishing my book. So, do you have any passion projects? Just something that you do for you, regardless of whether or not it makes a profit. And I think of hobbies a little bit different. I think of those as being something you do for enjoyment that might actually cost you money, like playing golf crafting, book clubs, antiquing. A passion project is more something you do because it just cannot be contained and might even require the unity of others to bring it to fruition. Many nonprofit businesses start off this way. The most successful community organizations are began by someone who had a fire in their gut about a topic and then rallied troops together to bring change. That's exactly how I felt about Honey Hush, and that's exactly how I feel about my book. I absolutely cannot sit on the sidelines and watch women in the marketplace treat each other like chess pieces that must be managed for personal gain. I mean, I don't even, I just, you know, I do not need to get off topic, I guess. I like my brain can just go on. But female manipulation is a real thing that really bothers me. Like I can feel the blood pressure rising in me just thinking about it. But that's what I'm talking about. What gets you fired up like that enough to actually do something about it, even if you never get paid for doing it? Where would you offer your voice and influence others for free? A place that I've camped out for quite a while, like for 11 years, quite a while, is being an advocate for children who learn differently. 
my two oldest children are diagnosed with ADHD and dyslexia. So I feel sure that's where my passion for the subject comes from. But in those 11 years, my eyes have been opened to all the other situations out there that give me better perspective on the overall epidemic of underserved children that have been marginalized because they do not learn a traditional way. That concern turned to a passion and that passion turned into action. So much so that I've written 30 chapters on the subject and I'm now in the final stages of publication. The process itself has been very much like having a baby. You know what you, you know, you know that you're pregnant, you know, you want to get pregnant, so you do. And then, and then you conceive a child and, and then you grow the child for the next 40 weeks. As each week passes and each doctor's visit approaches, you become more and more anxious of delivery day. You have an ultrasound that gives you a little peek into the gender and physical aspects. But until they hand you the baby in your arms, you really have no idea the gravity of the situation. I had a glimpse into that moment a couple weeks ago when my agent emailed me the content proof. It was supposed to take like three weeks or so, but in that three days, I was giving a first proof. I mean, in three days, I was given a first proof of the entire project instead of three weeks. I was at work completely engrossed in another marketing project when I clicked on it and was instantly moved to tears, like silent shoulder shaking tears. The best analogy I have is like having a baby, like that idea I was saying, you know, I was so glad my baby wasn't ugly. I mean, come on, you know, that you think about that your baby is the cutest one you've ever seen and and you would you just wouldn't know otherwise if it wasn't ugly. My book cover was the best book cover I had ever seen. And I sat in my chair with the biggest crocodile tears coming down my face, so much so that my coworker, my coworker Mary Catherine, peeked around the corner and asked, "What's going on? Do you need a hug?" No, MK, I do not need a hug. I just need to show you how pretty my book baby is. <laughs> do you have something in your life that you are so passionate about that the culmination and the delivery of it moves you to tears? Seeing all of my work in actual real form literally was second to delivering a child. I cannot be the only one with a desire so strong that it just has to get out. If it just so happens to be that you have words that need to get out of your head and onto paper, let me take the fear out of writing a book. The writing of the words is honestly the hardest part. The publishing of the book is incredibly simple if you use the right company. I had many author mentors leading and guiding me in best practices, and I want to pass that knowledge along to you. I once heard a very wise person say, everyone has at least one book inside of them, even if it's just their life's autobiography. Wispo Press made my life as an author incredibly simple. Of course, I still had to do all the work and submit all the materials to the right people at the right times, but they gave me a roadmap that I could follow as fast or as slow as I wanted to move. Anyone out there wanting to know the details super quick so that I can so that you can feel confident in moving forward and putting your story into print form, I'm here to be that person for you. So let's go. Step one, go to westbowpressed.com. West W-E-S-T B-O-W-P-R-E-S-S. Westbowpress.com. Click on publishing options, then click on standard publishing packages. And download the comparison chart. Okay, you're gonna be able to see all the different ways and all the different options of everything that you can choose from. Step two, remember everything is negotiable. So you're sitting there looking at the packages, you see the pricing, everything is negotiable. Everything. 
Pick out what you like, regardless of what's clumped together in a package and what it says on the price. Then call that phone number at the bottom of the graphic, 844-714-3454. Somebody's going to pick up the phone and you're going to be able to have a conversation. In my particular case, I did not call that number. They called me. I could not reverse engineer my story, even if I tried to, but I'm going to give you a quick rundown of how I fell upon this option myself. As you know, I meet with people for mentorship and coaching on a weekly basis, and a certain person that I was in a, that was in a certain situation that I wanted to gather some additional information on, I decided to listen to a podcast episode about their situation so that I could better educate myself before forwarding along any sort of encouragements. So that particular podcast that I was listening to for this other person had absolutely nothing to do with me or any situation that I was a part of other than offering this feedback to this other person. But at the very end of the episode, the host asked the person being interviewed what her next steps were going to be. Her response led to all of this. She simply mentioned how she wanted to use her knowledge as a popular best-selling author to help catapult other emerging authors. So, of course, that perked my interest. You know, I was like, oh, well, you know, maybe this does have something to do with me. I was at the gym while listening, so I did not have anything to write down any notes with other than my notes app on my phone. But by the time I pulled that up and I started making notes, and I might as well have just gone to the website that they were referring to and just fill out the questionnaire where this company was collecting data to determine who would benefit from this special service. I had no more press the submit button on my phone when my phone rang. I had never answered random phone calls. I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, answer random phone calls sometimes, but typically I don't. But here I was in the gym. My phone rings, so I decided to answer it. The person on the other line stated that they had received my submission and had some specific additional questions for me. But because I was at the gym and they were just overloading me with a lot of information, we made an appointment to talk more the next day after I had time to collect my thoughts. They were asking me things and telling me things that were literally over my head. And so I just asked her to email me everything so I could you know, familiarize myself with the process and be prepared for the phone call the next day. So the following day, the publishing associate called me right on the dot. We had an appointment at 11 a.m. At 11 a.m., she's calling me. In my excitement, I began telling her how incredible it was that I'd heard the podcast the day before that led me to click it on the link. And the confused associate literally had zero knowledge of what I was talking about. She didn't know about a podcast. She didn't know about that link. She didn't know about that author have anything to do with them. I mean, it was it was odd. She just said, ma'am, uh, we're Wispo Press. We don't do side deals like that with other companies or even with authors. I'm not real sure what you're talking about. Something even more weird is after I got off the phone with her, I was like, I'm going to find that link. I'm going to explain to her what I'm talking about. I couldn't find it on my browser to tell her even what I was talking about. I thought I was signing up for one thing, but in all honesty, I was being led to something way better somehow. My friend Jen calls these things chasing the wild goose. In fact, there's an entire book by Mark Batterson called Wild Goose Chase that explains these weird phenomenon and how you just need to go with it without it always all making sense. Over the course of the next few days, I wanted to do some research. And of course, in my nerdy style, how I am, I wanted to research my research so that I could just be sure that I was choosing the right publishing route. But every single day, one catastrophe after another literally ate my time away. I was so frustrated. A week passed by and the associate calls me back. And I put her on pause again for another week because I told her I just I still needed to think about it. I was praying about it. My family was praying about it. My friends were praying about it. But I just never had any time to actually look into other options until one day 
I did have time. And before I even got started with my day's agenda that particular day, I sat before the Lord for what I thought would be just a normal quiet time, a Bible reading and a quick prayer. And then I just, you know, move on. Oh, no, nothing is normal when you invite the Holy Spirit into the room. My Bible reading that morning was in Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 21 just so happened to say, and when you turn to the right and when you turn to the left, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Y'all, it stopped me in my tracks, and I literally, I I just felt that the Lord almost audibly telling me to stop trying to complicate something that He has laid out so simply for me just to walk out. And y'all, I confess, that sort of approach is really hard for me. This world, for whatever reason, has trained me to expect things to be complicated so that I can appreciate it. So dumb. I've had so little in my life come easy that when things do come easy, I seldom recognize them for the gifts that they are. And this has most certainly been a gift straight from my maker. It only confirmed that the message within my book is also straight from him. So back to the subject. Step three, once you select the publishing package that fits your needs and you negotiate the price that you want to pay, you are then assigned a check-in coordinator for your project. This person becomes your new best friend. She or he sends you an email with very detailed information with timelines, next steps, and proper expectations. At this point, your project is also assigned a project ID number, PID, that you use in every form of communication to identify your work. Step four, do the work that only you can do, which includes the actual writing of the book, like the whole manuscript part, getting beta readers, and running it through just free grammar software programs like Grammarly. A beta reader is a person who reads your work very objectively, letting you know if your content flows, if your if your writing is strong to capture an audience, and kind of show you obvious grammar mistakes like changing verb tenses. Grammarly.com has paid options as well. I just chose the free one, but if you need additional services, Grammarly, you know, you can pay them more, but try the free one first. But the point is that you want to get your work as clean and ready as possible before submitting it to your project manager. Step five, submit your submission information form file, SIF file. And of course, they send this to you, but you don't really have to fill any of it out until this point. This step can be done while you have beta readers looking over your work. The SID file is where you pick out your publishing and design preferences. Westbo does a fantastic job of helping even the newest author feel really confident. The file asks you very specific questions to help you pick out the size of the book, the font, page color, as well as cover design. This also is where you are going to write out your author bio and the back cover summary. No worries, though, if this part freaks you out. That's what your project manager's for. And at any point you feel lost or just a fish completely out of water, you just give her a call or an email and she gives you best practices. In my SIF file, I listed out Pantone colors that I liked and the general feel that I wanted the book to have in the reader's hands. And the designers absolutely nailed it the very first time. When I tell you this company has got it going on, I'm not kidding you. Step six, this is when you actually submit the entire manuscript. And by entire, I'm referring to everything. The actual chapters, the introduction, acknowledgements, prologues, all of it. Again, no worries. You are emailed constant reminders with task suggestions and best practices to consider. Step seven, 
Once WESPO has your manuscript, you're assigned a content evaluation period that can take a bit of time depending on their current workload. This is the part that's hard to wait on. Someone in the business on the other end has your precious baby in their hands and they're coming over it to tell you if it's ugly or not with the intent of exposing all of its inconsistencies and errors. That's exactly why it's imperative that you have beta readers beforehand that are honest with you. If the manuscript is clean, it makes this part flow smoothly. The content evaluator is looking for whether or not the book flows from chapter to chapter seamlessly. It's all about the actual content, not really the grammar. They will then email you very detailed suggestions and changes for you to consider. They will tell you if it's boring or if it's exciting. And they'll tell you if the potential for sales is based upon the current market. Things like that. It's your book, so nobody's going to make you make these changes, but remember, they are the experts. So I suggest you follow their directions if you actually want to sell any books. Step eight, the editorial assessment is the part that is tedious because this is where it involves every comma, misspelled word, and careless hyphen. Each package that you're going to look at offers different levels of editing, and this is where you know it can get expensive. So again, do your due diligence with this as well so you avoid wasting time and money. Step 8B, <laughs> get ready for the cross-marketing palooza. This part kind of took me off guard, but I was sort of prepared because several of my friends who have published books before warned me of the onslaught of cross-marketers who tried to sell you their services while you wait on everything. The first onset is editors. If you actually need professional editing, I'm sure their services are warranted, but at four cents per word, that actually adds up really quickly when your book has 50,000 words. The next phase is marketing companies. If you want to be on the Oprah network, there's a marketing package for that. But let me warn you, these folks are quite convincing. If you do not have your budget set ahead of time, these editors and these marketers, like they're going to convince you that your book is dead in the water before the ink dries. Although, if you know what you want and how much you're willing to pay for it, you can actually get a lot of good for your money. Remember, there's always a game being played. Figure out the rules and be a wise player. If you can successfully manage a social media campaign, do not pay for that. But if you need help with press releases, definitely get that. Do not feel blocked in by the prefab marketing packages. Tell your rep what services you need and let her create a package and pricing that fits your overall desires. That's her job. Step nine, initial proof and revisions. I was contacted by my project manager that my book was in the initial proof stage and that I could expect that first sneak peek in two to three weeks. But like I said earlier, it came in three days and I received that email with the entire thing attached, completely not ready for that. You know, and I was at work when I just naively opened it up and thinking it was like a preliminary sketch. Oh no, it was the full on real deal thing. And it literally was like I'd been pregnant for nine months. I just birthed my baby. And oh my gosh, it was beautiful. At least I thought so. And nobody could tell me otherwise. Now, I had a few minor revisions to make to the exterior cover, but the interior was perfect. Again, there are forms and procedures to follow that you're given explicit instructions on how to follow. You cannot mess this up. I promise. Step 10, about the same time you're receiving this initial proof and sending back your revisions, you're also being emailed interior pricing and approval paperwork. You don't really have to have a whole lot to say in this, and they kind of 
do all this for you because it's all based upon word count and industry standards. You can, of course, you know, go against their expert advice, but again, I'm going to warn you against that if you actually want to sell your book. There is a method to their madness at every single step along the way. Step 11, you approve the interior separate from approving the exterior. Those are two separate conversations that require two separate contracts. Because my interior was approved before my exterior, cover approval came two weeks after I approved the interior. Step 12, production is the very last stage. After all the individual contracts and approvals have been signed off on, you get a final email that says, congratulations, the production stage is complete and we're sending your files to the printer and sending your information to the retail channels. You will now be assigned a book consultant. That email came today. Whoa, at this point, you actually feel like a real deal, add it to your resume, author. Talk about out-of-body experience. But what I hope you're hearing me say, though, really loud and clear, as like, this is not complicated. The hardest part of the entire process is getting all of those, all those thoughts out of your head and onto paper or onto a computer screen. And for many of you who have made it this far in listening, today you may already have a lot of those words out of your head. You're now needing someone to come alongside you to show you what your next steps are. Allow this episode to be that nudge that says, walk this way. Westbo Press had no idea I was going to talk about this today, and in no way have they requested that I endorse their process. This is just an honest, objective review of a publication process that I could not have asked to go any smoother. They send you random surveys along the way asking for your opinion on the quality of their services. I literally had not one negative or constructive thing to offer on their six different attempts that they make to make things even better. And for the price that I paid for this entire deal, I sort of feel guilty as if I took advantage of their kindness. But on the flip side, hopefully they're going to be making a whole lot of money on this book. So, I mean, there is that. If you have a book idea brewing in your heart and not real sure where to begin, reach out to me. If you have a book idea that's written out and you need a beta reader, reach out to me. If you need someone to look it over for editing, do not reach out to me. (laughs) Reach out to my mom. I'm not a good editor, but my mom is a great one. I can hook you up with her before you submit it to someone that's going to charge you a whole great deal more. My point is, I want to be your biggest cheerleader because I truly do believe that everybody has a story to tell and the world needs to hear it. You just need to decide if you're ready to tell it or not. And when you are, Westbow Press will be waiting on you. Until next time, keep the honey flowing.